Um, if you've got your Bibles um, nearby, we're going to be looking, obviously, at, at them today. And it will be page fi- 566, if you've got one of these. 566. If you've got your own Bible you bring with you because you like to do that kind of thing on a Sunday, as some of us are already, it's Psalm 40, which is the set psalm for the day for the whole world who are following a lectionary. It's very excited when I was asked uh, to preach, so I think about it all the time. If I'm asked to preach one Sunday, I, I do the whole week. So you've got, you've got a week of experience of mine in this um, today. So first thing is, you know, they've discovered this new tribe. Um, it was in the papers. Um, they, they are in a remote part of um, South America, and um, they're... Um, they were found um, out, out there in, in the bush somewhere and, and they didn't know where they were going. They didn't have a clue where they were going. They keep getting lost and that's why they, they were going, well, they are, we're the Alawi. We're the Alawi. That's why they're called the Alawi tribe, you see, because of what was happening. They never knew where they were. We're the Alawi. Well, the Alawi. You know, where, where are we? Where is the world? Where are you in your life? your physical life, but also in your spiritual life. And I think, with it being a new year, it's a good idea to have a little check-up on ourselves from time to time, where we are. Well, um, apparently today is the 19th of January 2020. We do that a lot in hospital to remind everybody, you know, consultants, you know what the date is, don't you? And all that kind of thing. It's also, as we've seen up there, the second Sunday of the Epiphany in the Christian calendar. So our church prayer that we just prayed is being prayed by the church throughout the world. Although we seem small in our place here in Newport, in the Isle of Wight, compared to the vast world, but throughout the world, as we're part of the Christian church, this prayer is being said, presumably in different time zones as well. So it's be said for quite a while, wouldn't it? 24 hours or so. You know, I was thinking, what a great thing it is to be a Christian when we have our whole year set out for us. Every day you can do something special with the Lord. And all the prayers are written for particular seasons and times. And you can sort of just join in with that whole lifestyle. Christianity, the, 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 the majesty and the hugeness of the church throughout the world in all its different ways, just incredible. Well, if you were not going to church and you're looking forward to tomorrow, which is Monday, it's very sad. Do you know what it is tomorrow? Black Monday. We apparently are at our most depressed after the glow of Christmas has faded away. All the toys have been played with and chucked in the cupboard. And here we are. We're skint again. It's Black Monday. We shouldn't have spent all the money on that, that internet thing and paid all the money for them presents. Nobody wanted anyone. You know, all the stuff that could go wrong. Black Monday. But... Um, here we are. We don't have to worry about that because we are Christians and we have our own calendar going on. We have our own things largely done for us to celebrate and we are here together. 
There's so much to celebrate and give thanks for, which cost us absolutely nothing. God's precious gift of a new day. Now, what a beautiful day, isn't it? We were out early with the dog sliding around because it's all icy. Icy? Careful, there you go. But after all that rain. So this time last week, um, on the Monday, which is tomorrow, Black Monday, which isn't for me because I'm a Christian. So I was down walking along on the, the seafront and I was sad because the rain, the torrential rain, had caused part of the coastal path to fall away. And therefore there was a sign up, you cannot come here anymore. Well, he didn't say that. He said, path closed. <laughs> That's how I interpret it. You cannot come in. So we went a different way, me and Harry, down onto the beach. Miserable wind, right? All this going on. You've got to walk a dog, though. No excuse. So you're out there doing all that stuff, seeing all the elements and everything. And I was glum. But as I went along the beach, I saw an amazing thing. As well as the bad thing of everything falling away, it revealed an amazing thing because I saw strata in the rocks of all these different colours going right back for millions of years. I know it's true because Sally taught me all about it one day because she's a geographer. And it goes right back to the dinosaurs. No, nearly. Sort of. Yeah, anyway, a long time. And I saw it all in different colours and I had a moment of awe and wonder, you know. This had all been washed away, but now I could see a bigger picture and I felt immensely small and I suddenly felt that a great experience of, of amazement and it was all for free. And I thought, how, how privileged am I to see that and to, to think these things? And then I thought of days gone by meditated on the goodness of the Lord, his unfailing love and faithfulness. And I thanked him for bringing us here to this church. For the Isle of Wight, our new home, and the beautiful things that you've never been able to see, had coming from the middle of Birmingham. <laughs> All the beautiful things that you can see and we can often take for granted. We've lived here a long time, but open our eyes again to the glory of the place that we live, that we love the island, but also we love this church. Why are we here today? Through all the stuff that we're going through, here we are, because we love this church. People are joining us who haven't been to an Anglican church before, perhaps. So they're just getting into what's all this Anglican stuff that, that people do as well. Um, and it's rather interesting. And I realised that although Sally and I have been attending St Paul's for a year or more on and off, knew very little about its actual history. So, how many people know when was this church built? 1844. 1844. How, how many others of you knew that? 1844, just before seven o'clock. <laughs> ah! Were you, Brian? Yeah, you remember it. <laughs> so, I looked it up then on the internet and I found out there was a famous man who was buried in our churchyard. 
the church was consecrated on the 1st of February, 1844. That's not long away. Do we ever do anything special on the 1st of February? For our patrol... Perhaps we could celebrate the birthday of the church in a different way. Perhaps we could. <laughs> so 1844, the first... It is the daughter church of Whippingham. You know, Whippingham? And the rector of Whippingham, therefore, is our patron. That's why that... What's her name? Sue. Sue, the vicar of Wick Whippingham. She's our patron. I didn't know this. Did you know that? So that, yeah, well, if you didn't, you do now. So, so that's why we've, we've got the link with that. And several noteworthy people are buried in our churchyard. The most famous, perhaps, is a man called John Milne. Oh, you know John Milne. Have you read his books? You no. Know, he's written loads of books. He's a very famous, was a very famous seismologist. And he was revered for the Japanese because he went over to Japan, had a look at the Japan. He's got a problem with earthquakes and apparently sorted it all out. I don't know what he did, but he was very big in Japan um, on his work with detecting earthquakes. And the Japanese ambassador has actually visited here in the past to pay homage to him at his gravesite. Do you remember that? Did you meet him? Ah, oh, well, there we are. For those of us who didn't know this, is this exciting news? I'm finding it very interesting as I go through this. So I started to think about all of this. So I thought, what did he write? I better find out. His books. I've got to read one of his books. Anybody read one of his books? Well, it's easy, really. You go on the internet and you put John Milne and all his books are there. They're ever so tiny, though. So you have to sort of... Well, it, that was difficult, that part of the technology. But anyway, I found Milne's book that he'd written about the Isle of Wight. Did you know Richard wrote a book about the Isle of Wight? Hmm. And in it, he explains that the Isle of Wight goes up and down. Did you know that? I didn't know that. So after my thing in, earlier in the week, looking at the Isle of Wight and finding this stuff going up and down and thinking, oh, it's all so fragile, it's falling to pieces, this is awfully sad. It's actually brilliant because it always does this. And apparently, San Shanklin Down has gone up and down, up and down, all through its history. And the local residents said, oh, that's gone down. And people said, what are you talking about? It used to be up there, and now it's gone down here. <laughs> no, it hasn't. You said, ah, the seismologist guy said so. He's written about it. You go read his book. Never. So that's fascinating that John Milt is here in this churchyard uh, and all of that. I just thought. So, church. The one foundation of everything, talking about things that are falling away, talking about things that are changing, talking about things that are going up and down, up and down. The foundation that we know will always be with us, no matter what happens with the weather, what happens with the world and its Black Mondays and all of that, what happens with economics, what happens with politics, what happens with things that are going to happen about Brexit and all the stuff that, that's going on. Despite everything, Jesus Christ is our rock. Despite the ups and downs of our physical presence here to do with building structures, changes, Jesus Christ is our cornerstone. He is our rock. Whether we're in uh, Portsmouth Diocese or whether we're all going GAFCON, 
or in a group ministry. Jesus Christ is our rock and on this we stand firm. Jesus Christ, you see, it says in the scriptures, is the same today, yesterday and forever. Altogether, Jesus Christ is the same today, yesterday and forever for us. Because that is the rock, that is our faith on which we stand. So if somebody's going to, looking for a church to go to on the Isle of Wight like we were, and like um, all sorts of people are, you try them out, don't you? Go and see if you, 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 you like it. They can choose from a wide variety on the Isle of Wight. There's the, um, what is that? There's the corner, is there a cornerstone church? No, there's a, um, well, there's all these new churches that have started. There's a true vine church. Then there must be a vine church, otherwise you couldn't have a true vine church. There must be a vine church somewhere. Or perhaps a vine church started and they all left and they said, well, we're going to start the true vine church. Or the, the other one, could, we were having the pruned true vine church. Or we're having, you know, but there are different names. The Apex Church, that's another one. And the Methodist Church, <laughs> Catholic Church, and the Anglican Church. There's so many churches you can choose from. But you're called, you're called to join a church. But, and the church on the roundabout, been there, done it, been in, met them, yeah. Amazing. But when I was here back in the 70s, these things didn't exist. There was the Pentecostal church in Ryde with the pastor there who was the brother of John, from John Anderson from the Yes. And I was a big Yes fan and remember him. I think he's still ministering. So people have a choice to go to church. People choose these days. So, why would you choose to come here? Why would you choose to come to St. Paul's? Why? Because it's nearer. <laughs> that is a factor. How many people travel to come to St. Paul's? There you go. So, even though it's not near, people come to it. That's interesting to know, isn't it? That's a fact. When I looked through the lectionary, I thought, oh, there's all this stuff we could talk about. But it was Psalm 40. Now, I've got to explain this. Very briefly, Psalm 40 is a great um, thing of mine. Because I was actually do psalms when I walked the dog. So I waited patiently for the Lord and he heard my cry. Pulled me out of, of the mire and clay. Set me where I couldn't fall. He put my feet upon a rock. And Psalm 40 is the prescribed psalm for today. So would you look at it with me for a moment or two? It's on page 566. And perhaps we could just put, uh, go to verses 1 to 3 together. Should we say it together? I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me up of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see it and fear and put their trust in the Lord. Now that verse speaks to me again today in my life on the Isle of Wight. I hope it speaks to you too. We are waiting patiently for the Lord. 
Nobody could say we aren't. As a church, we're waiting patiently to the, for the Lord and he hears our cry. He lifts us out of slimy pits, out of the mud and mire, which you can see around you, but also in life circumstances. And he puts new songs into our mouths that we can sing praises to him. And then there's a promise that many will see, will see what's going on and fear and trust in the Lord. This is very important. Praise, prayer, praise. It's the foundation of the Christian faith. They talk about people having their own spiritual language. But I think mine is primarily to sing to God. And I've done it since I was a small boy, right the way up through. And I know there's many nodding people here. How many people would say that prayer and praise is, is very primary in their worship of the Lord? Now, that's wonderful to know, because it's just about everybody. But in other churches, it isn't. It's quiet, solemnity, ritual, and all of that. And, and other people like that kind of thing. It's all worship, isn't it? But to find a church that you love, and to find the Lord here, and to find brothers and sisters to worship with, is quite a unique thing, and must not be taken for granted. It's very special what the Lord has done here, and what is, he is continuing to do. Hope, faith, trust, all of those things are being exercised by the congregation of St Paul's week by week, service by service, prayer by prayer, psalm by psalm, song by song, fellowship events, learning about him, all sorts of things. It's a marvellous thing as we wait. Now, Psalm 40 is about waiting, basically. David, King David, wrote this psalm and he received four benefits for waiting from the Lord. So like David, we should claim these benefits. Four things. God lifted him out of his despair. If you're ever in a place of despair, if you're in a place of despair today, I've been there, everybody's been there. You come to point, oh, I just despair. You, you should lose your way. God will lift us out of that despair. We are faithful to him and cry out to him. And sometimes these things that happen to us lead us to a deeper experience of God's word. That we really are living God's word because it's, it's got to be there in our lives or we'll fall to bits. Without the Bible, without God's word to us, we, we can just fall to bits. So Bible study whether it be um, legalistically done, like you must do this, read that this day, or, or just pick up the Bible and read. It is vital to our life. And we are a Bible-believing church. And when we read the Bible, we find in there all kinds of things we didn't know about, the gifts and fruits of the Holy Spirit. So we, we practice that. We put it into our worship, and we allow for those things to flourish. That doesn't happen in every church. It isn't allowed in some churches. But taking the risk, taking the step of faith, letting go and letting God do things within us and for us 
as he promises to do in his world. So in his word, David was lifted out of despair. I waited patiently for the Lord and he heard my cry. He pulled me out of the slimy pit and the mire and clay and set me where I could not fall, set my feet upon a rock. So David knew that. God gave him a firm place to stand. And then he put a new song of praise in David's mouth. So I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry, lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire, set my feet on a rock, gave me a firm place to stand, put a new song in my mouth. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. From your personal struggles and from the things that you've stood up against for the Lord, for the persecutions you have endured, for the ridicule you may have had said to you, and every Christian who's a Christian has had those things in their life, persecution will come in one way or another. For all of those things, there's a new song of praise that can come to us to rejoice, to give us strength, to carry on and to triumph. Blessings cannot be received, I believe, unless we have been through a trial of waiting. God blesses us in the waiting time. The psalm also says in verse 6, Sacrifices and offerings you did not desire. The religion of David's day involved sacrificing animals at the tabernacle. David realised these were meaningless unless it was done for the right reasons. We don't have sacrifice anymore because the final sacrifice of Jesus on the cross for all sin has been done. So we remember his sacrifice when we faithfully come to the Holy Communion. We remember his death for us on the cross and the forgiveness that we receive through that. And we desire to do God's will. And as we do that, we will face sufferings, but we have his word to guide us. We have his Holy Spirit to encourage us and to sustain us. And we rejoice because we are in fellowship with Jesus in these times. So, I don't know about you, but when I read the Bible, it inspires me to do things. And 30 years ago, just about, I was in um, it was the Gulf War, and I was an RF padre in Germany at RF Fildenrath. And we had duties to perform during that time. And during that time also, in the middle of the night, I started to wake up and write songs. And within a week or ten days, these songs were eventually put into a little book. And at the end of the Gulf War, people came back uh, for various reasons, and we had a big celebration in the church, and um, a lot of people came and sang the songs. Then the songs, what happened was the, the, the people who were involved in it told their friends and all of this kind of stuff happened. And then it made money through the tapes that were sold and an ambulance was bought to 
go down to Romania to help the Romanian orphans. So the songs that were sung turned into money that was given, which bought an ambulance. The ambulance went down to Romania. Shortly after that, I left the RAF, came back to work in Worthing. And within a week of these songs being uh, sung and done and everything, I suppose it was about that long, ten days, a couple of weeks, met Malcolm, church warden. <laughs> there he is. Extraordinary. And um, these songs uh, were sung in various ways, and it, it was a concert, and uh, people kept the books. And today, um, because it's Psalm 40, I thought we could sing it together as an encouragement to us all. So it's a song that will only be sung here in the whole of Christendom today, on Epiphany 2. <laughs> it won't, won't have anything to do with Black Monday or anything like that. It's a Christian psalm with a different tune, and I hope you'll find it uplifting. Only the singing of it will tell us. It'll come up here as if by magic on the screen, because I believe it's all ready to go.